we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. So many people are asking me, so what happened to the church services that you used to post on on the podcast and, you know, on the radio and different things? And, uh, well, I just kind of took a break from that. Um, you know, just been enjoying 50. Uh, <laughs> I know I keep talking about it, but it's just a milestone in my life. So I just been chilling. Um, but we will be bringing those back, uh, probably next week. You'll get another, uh, true church perspective. Um, you know, live from the, the actual service, uh, the church service at Adam and believers council, but you can always go to our podcast and download all the older sermons. Uh, we have years and years of them available on the podcast if you subscribe to it uh there's more uh in the podcast than there is actually on our website so you want to make sure you subscribe to the podcast that way you can pull all of those sermons uh down from you know back in the day but uh today i want to kind of talk about just the kind of kind of a continuation of what we discussed uh on last week uh, we were talking about the kingdom and I, th- I thought it was a very important message. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of feedback from uh, sermons like this, you know, uh, concerning the kingdom and behavior and these kind of things. You know, folks like to get hyped up on celebrities and gossip and, you know, who's doing what and why they ain't acting right and all this. A lot of times people do that because it diverts the attention off of them. And so they can easily point at somebody, you know, that's wilding. And, uh, you know, ignore their own condition. And this happens a lot in the church. People set up, set themselves up in a judgmental type state to where they can't judge themselves. And, you know, you got to pray for that. You got to pray for discernment. You got to pray for God to continue to show you yourself. You got to pray that you continue to examine yourself, you know, and want God to continue to hold you up to Uh, his standard as well you can't just preach the standard and forget about yourselves you know we are all targets of the enemy so we got to make sure that we deal with all the issues in our lives all the strongholds in our lives the things that are holding us back from the kingdom as well we can't just preach the kingdom that's one thing jesus did he preached the kingdom and then he exhibited the kingdom he was the kingdom he was without sin so he set the standard So this is what we have to do as, you know, ministers and Christians and believers and parents and all these things. We have to try our best to uphold the standard and to deny the strongholds. You know, uh, I talk about it all the time, how, you know, our childhood was plagued. A lot of us, our childhood was plagued by, um, you know, instances of trauma and different things that happened to us to to build these strongholds in our hearts and in our minds and different things so that when we got older and matured, these would be the things that would try to hold us back. These would be, you know, the entryways for the enemy. These would be, you know, the <clears throat> these would be the entryways and the, the different uh, things that the devil would use to hold us back. So we have to be careful with this. Um, that's why, you know, I started this out a few weeks ago. Dealing with the, you know, protecting your child's sexuality and different things, because if you can protect your children at a young age, you can eliminate some of these strongholds. You're not going to eliminate all of them, but you can eliminate some of them. But the enemy, just because we're wrapped in sin, we're born in sin, just because of that, there's going to be issues. There's going to be something that the enemy is trying to use. And what he likes to use the most are strongholds and the strongholds, you know, um, 
the definition of a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so that it it uh, as to protect it against uh, an attack. That's what a stronghold was. Uh, the Bible talks about this uh, in Nahum 1 and 7. It says the Lord is good, a strength and stronghold in the day of trouble. What is he talking about here? Uh, he goes on to explain. He knows, recognizes, has knowledge of and understands those who take refuge and trust in him. So he's saying you can take trust and refuge in him in his stronghold. So stronghold isn't a bad thing. What type of stronghold is 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 what's important. The stronghold of God is is a place where we can go hide in God. We can hide under the shadow of the Almighty. We can be protected by him in his stronghold or the stronghold of righteousness or the place where he is a mighty fortress and he has set that place up to protect us. So stronghold isn't always a bad thing, but stronghold can be a bad thing because because it's a place that's fortified uh if the enemy builds a stronghold he can put a stronghold in you he can put a stronghold in your mind to where you end up protecting him and that is the crazy thing but it it is so true because so many of us deal with things that you know we don't want to deal with publicly or we don't want to talk to anyone about or we don't want to let anyone in on it and you know even in alcoholics anonymous in those places they tell you you're only as sick as your secret so you know not talking to someone about an issue that you have or a habit that you have or something that you can't let go of um that's a stronghold that's a stronghold in you because you're protecting it you're protecting it from shame from pride from whatever reason but the enemy knows you're going to protect it and that's why he keeps going in there and it's it, you know uh the 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 physical description of a stronghold in the bible uh david hid in one the stronghold of koresh what he did he took a rock and this rock looked just like the mountain he hid in a cave pulled the rock up to the cave to where it would be camouflaged and look just like the mountain. No one could see it. That was a stronghold. And that's what the enemy does. The enemy makes you camouflage it and, and, and hide it. And he hides in there. He hides in that stronghold in your mind, in your heart. And he's protected because he looks like the mountain or you have made it look like the mountain. You've made it look like a character flaw or this is a part of my personality or you've created a personality def uh, a deflect that keeps you looking like something else in the public eye. You look like something that you're not. And those, th those are dangerous things because God can't really deal with it. Well, we know God could, but it, he can't because you won't allow him to deal with it because you hide it and camouflage it and make it look like who you are. And this is very important when, we, when, when we're talking about strongholds, because these particular things are going to get old with you. And the older they get, the stronger the hold is on them. This is why we have to make sure that we aren't hiding the real us. You know, I tell people all the time because we were just talking about it on the exposition show and make sure you check out the exposition show because we talk about a lot of these things as well. Uh, it's available on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. But we were talking about it in the exposition show, how, you know, our church, ABC, Adamant Believers Council is just a very unique situation, you know, and I. I mean, it's hard for me to even get counsel and advice from some of the men that I hold in high regard. And I call and ask questions and different things as a young pastor. Sometimes I, you know, I want to know, bounce things off of them, whatever. And a lot of them, you know, one of the main guys I talk to, he, t he told me he tells me all the time. He's like, you know, I'm gonna give you some advice 
I'm going to try to, but your situation is so unique. It's so different. I've never seen anything like it. And it's the truth. You know, we've had, you know, about 90 percent of our congregation relocate here from out of state. And so it's just strange because you got a lot of people coming in and, you know, they make good members sometimes, but sometimes they don't. And I tell them all the time, you know, you can't be coming here and trying to escape something. Because if you're a bad family member, you're going to be a bad church member. But the thing I see every now and then and not it's not a lot of. But every now and then people come here to try to reinvent themselves or they come here to try to, you know, become something that they're not. And when I say that, I mean, they want to come here and pretend that they're okay. They want to come here and pretend that everything is fine. Uh, I'm this great, mighty person of God, you know, and their first Sunday here, everything I say, they amen and real loud. Oh, preach, preach. Oh, yeah, preach. You know, just yelling out. Everybody looking at like, what's wrong with them? Well, they don't understand what's going on here. What's going on here is we some real folks. Okay. So, you know, you don't have to put on airs or pretend you're something that you're not here this is not where you want to do that because what that ends up doing is that ends up fortifying the stronghold that makes the stronghold even stronger the stronghold in your life if you're not ready to deal with who you really are uh when you come but you know when it's an atmosphere of you know people coming from all over or different places or whatever then people feel they can come plug in reinvent themselves and become who they or, or be you know, who they think uh, uh, they ought to be in your eyes rather than who they really are. And, you know, that's a very dangerous thing because then you, you set yourself up in a position where you can't be helped, uh, where the help, you know, you're, you're a man in real loud and stuff trying to direct the message to other folks when it really needs to be directed into your own heart and taken to heart by you. But when there's a stronghold there and that rock is there, can't nothing else get in. And the devil knows that. So he, you know, he opens it up, does his thing, closes himself back up in there and knows he's safe because you're not going to expose him. And that's what I'm saying. And, you know, and, and, and let me let me make sure I clarify what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you got to get up in church and confess all your sins to everybody, tell everybody what you've been doing and all this stuff i think i think that with the internet and different things we have to be real careful because a lot of people do that for sympathy a lot of people do that you know uh, to be seen for attention you know some folks believe that any attention is good attention and so they get up and do that that's not what the bible means by confess your faults one to another it just means that you know you're confiding in someone close to you that you know that you may have an issue or something like that and you want to confess it or you want to confess it to the person who you hurt or you want to you know talk to the person that hurt you that's really what it's talking about one to another you know and it even gives examples of that go to the person if the person has you know hurt you in some kind of way you go to them in secret you know and that's that's kind of you know what we uh, uh what the word is saying there it's not saying get the microphone y'all i sinned again and all that kind of stuff you know because folks you know i remember one lady just kept getting up and doing it i mean she did it so much i mean she was basically preaching a sermon everybody was waiting on it okay what did you do this week you know and we don't want to get in a situation like that. that's not what the church is for for people to get attention for stuff they ought to be ashamed of that's not what it's talking about you know a lot of this stuff well most of this private stuff needs to be handled privately but what i'm saying is you know if you're not willing to deal with it if you're not willing to you know open up about it and confess it then it's going to stay hidden and as if it stays hidden 
it's going to continue to be a stronghold, a place where the enemy is protected and he can, you know, he, he can hide there, you know, and this is spiritual. You know, this is a spiritual issue. And you got to realize that, you know, we we do things in the natural, but they have spiritual consequences. And that's you know, that's kind of where we are. Second Corinthians 10 and three says, for though we walk in the flesh, we're not warring after the flesh. So even though the sin is in the flesh, that, that's not where the real issue is. It says in the next verse, for the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what strongholds. Well, now we're talking about spiritual weapons to pull down strongholds. So that means to deal with this stronghold in your mind. You got to deal with it in the spirit realm, because in the spirit realm, you have the power, uh, according to the next verse, to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So what is this saying? This is saying that we're talking about a spiritual battle. We're talking about things happening in the spirit realm. That means you got to you got to do something spiritual to deal with uh, uh, or to, to to do spiritual warfare. And listen, y'all, spiritual warfare is not speaking in tongues. It's not yelling out stuff. It's not uh, snotting and crying. It's not ro- rocking back and forth and laying out and all that that's not spiritual warfare i know the church has given spiritual warfare a, a face and we see it as you know here come the warfare women and they come in making all the noises all the noises in church and all this y'all that's not spiritual warfare the devil is looking at that and laughing he that's not gonna that's that no that's not gonna do anything spiritual warfare is uncovering that stronghold that's spiritual warfare can you move that rock can you move the rock and deal with what's behind the rock that, that, that's spiritual warfare can you confess your sins uh to, you know to god and open up to god and say hey lord this is who i am i gotta stop blaming folks for my issues i gotta stop blaming folks for my problems i gotta stop blaming my 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 my, 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 my daddy issues my mama issues my family issues i gotta stop blaming what happened to me i was raped molested i was i, I was abandoned neglected all you got to stop all of that and say you know what i'm just gonna move this rock and we're gonna deal with what's behind this rock because i'm tired of the devil going back into my mind and causing me to do things to myself to other people and everything because of what happened to me that's spiritual warfare y'all that's warfare did you just hear me that's warfare so you know i don't i don't need to hear a whole bunch of rainforest noises in the church and everybody weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the service and it's getting louder and louder they think the louder it gets the more warfare you're doing and all that i don't need to hear drums beat i don't need to hear the jumanji drums in the background i don't need to hear any of that that's not warfare warfare is dealing with yourself can you deal with yourself can you deal with this? Some folks say, well, now nah, my warfare, I'm going to get some. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody else. I'm dealing with, no, 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 no. Let's go back to Second Corinthians 10 and 6. It's giving you the layout here. It says it can cast down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God, bring captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. But 10 and 6 says, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. So you'll be ready to go and deal with everybody else's disobedience. But then there's a comma. And it says, 
when your obedience is fulfilled. So that means spiritual warfare starts with you. You have to move your own rock first. You got to get, you know, expose the enemy and deal with what is wrong with you. Why am I like this? Why am I in this situation? You got to deal with you first, according to this scripture, before you can revenge uh, the disobedience in others. So we have to make sure we understand what we're doing when we're doing this warfare. I mean, come on, y'all. I'm, I'm just tired of the emotional stuff. I mean, it's just not, you know, it's, that's why it wasn't God's plan for the church to be filled up with a bunch of hurting women. It wasn't God's plan for the church to be filled up with a bunch of thirsty women, you know, but that's what happened. The devil knew that if I can get rid of the men, then no, no one would be able to guide this thing because the man is the head, the man is in charge, and the man is not not subject to you know the angelic powers that influence women it's not the same thing i've dealt with this so extensively y'all i ain't got time to go into it on this but uh, on this broadcast but uh, let me tell you this is the man's job is to come in and say hey y'all y'all cut all this emotional stuff out it's okay to cry there's a time to cry there's a time to weep there's a time to wail there's a time to gnash teeth all of those things there's a time but when it comes to spiritual warfare that's not the time warfare is when you get up and do something okay get up and move the rock can you do that can you deal with the elephant in the room the big elephant in the room yeah the one that everybody sees but you try to play like is not there can we deal with that those are the strongholds people this is what's wrong with the church the person up teaching the person up prophesying the person up speaking in tongues all of these things got elephants standing right next to them that they think you don't see and that's what i'm saying we got to deal with that we got to deal with what's behind the rock i need to make a t-shirt deal with what's behind the rock but anyway <laughs> let, let, let me deal with this because the first thing we have to realize when we're dealing with a stronghold is even though the devil may make you think he's behind that rock and he's in there you're free from him okay so that's what we got to realize since jesus died and his power came we're free from him we're free so that means he doesn't have to be there he doesn't have to be there. He's there because we choose to allow him to be there. OK, that's our choice. The Bible tells us if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So there is no resistance there. You're allowing him. We are allowing him there in that place. We're giving him that place. Romans uh, 6 and 18 says, and having been set free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness. And uh, the Amplified says of, a, uh, of conformity to the divine will and thought, purpose and action. And this is where folks are getting wrong, getting it wrong. You know, if you're free, then that means you conform to God's will. Uh, your will conforms to him in thought, purpose and action. So those are the things that even prove you're saved. And I know folks like to say, well, I'm saved because I went and sat in the chair and they what gave me the right hand of fellowship and then they baptized me. But have you conformed? your will to God's will and have you conform your thought purpose and actions to his will that that proves that you're saved that proves that there has really been a change that that proves that now you are prepared to do some warfare and deal with yourself so you got to conform to his will in thought that means you got to change your mind and you got to condition your mind to be free okay so now well Christ has made you free he set you free once he came in you he set you free but now you have to condition your mind how to live in freeness you know what i'm saying that, that that's crazy you know sometimes we got a little dog uh spiral and you know when he was when he was real young you know i guess he was 
uh, uh, they kept him in a crate uh, where we got him or whatever. And so when we brought him home, we put him in a crate or whatever. He had to learn how to get out of the crate when the door was open. Sometimes you would open the door and he would just stand there and look at you. He, he doesn't know the difference between an open door and a closed door. He had to learn that to, to know that it's time to get out of the crate when you open the door. But he still had that crate mentality. You know, we used to say he's still institutionalized <laughs> because he was in there. You know, he, he was raised in that crate, I guess. And so it was something that he had to learn. Well, the same thing with sin, the same thing. You can be in sin so long that when Christ sets you free, you don't even know you free. You still in the sin and you don't know you're free. When, when, when Christ came in, he moved that rock. He moved that rock and exposed the enemy and the enemy just sitting there and he's going to sit there until you make him come out. You have to tell him, no, no, don't you see this door is open? Get out of here. Say you got to get him out your mind. So we got to conform our thoughts to God's will and condition our minds to be free. Then we have to conform our purpose to his will. We have to make what God wants uh, for us what we want. And that's the, listen, y'all, you know, I know folks want to be super spiritual and yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything the Lord want. I want the Lord. I love the Lord. But some things of the Lord you don't want like you should. You should want. You should want to read the word. You should want to pray. You should want. And there's some things you shouldn't want. You shouldn't want to watch this uh, uh, show or watch that because it's too much cussing, too much nudity, too much stuff. That just ought to be things that you, you know, you, you change once you become a Christian, once you become saved, because they're going to interfere with your progress. So you want to make sure that your purpose conforms to God, meaning you should fall in love with your purpose. And you know where I'm going with this. You should fall in love with why you were created, your creation role. This is where discontentment, depression, anxiety, and all these things. This is why it's overtaken our nation because people aren't operating in the purpose God created them to. As a man, you ought to want to take care of your family. You ought to want to provide. You ought to want to take care of your children. You ought to want those things. As a woman, you ought to want to love your husband, love your children. All these things that sound doctrine teaches us, this is our purpose. You know, this is what we need to make sure we are doing because this is how we get the free mentality. Once we're in our purpose, that's when we begin to see the blessings of God. So we want to conform our purpose to his will. And then the most important one, we want to conform our actions. We want to do what God says and never get used to doing uh, things the wrong way. We got to do what God says. Come on, y'all. We got to do what God says. Repeat after me. We got to do what God says. I mean, this is this is basic. How are you saved if you don't want to do what God says? How are you delivered and set free and you don't want to do what God says? None of that makes sense to me. You have to want to do what God says. And the next thing we have to do, we have to make sure we go into these secret places and deal with it. We got to when that rock is pulled back, we have to deal with what's in there. We got to deal with the devil that came in there when we were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. We got to deal with it when somebody wasn't looking. The enemy came in there and did something. When somebody what uh, uh, that should have been watching me wasn't watching me, the devil went in there and did something. He sowed something in there in that secret place and it created this stronghold. James 5 and 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. So this is us. Hey, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. You know, let's move on from that and, and, and let's deal with that. And it's unfortunate that we go through things like that. And usually when we've had that in our history, when we've had that in our past, we'll end up doing it to someone else in some kind of way. And so until that strong 
stronghold is actually dealt with and broken, it's going to continue to go. And that's why we have to do spiritual warfare against it. Okay. You don't do warfare against bills and, 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 and debt and all this kind of stuff that they're teaching in a lot of church. You don't do no warfare against no bills. How are you going to do warfare against some bills and you created the bills? You better go get some money and pay them bills. How are you going to do warfare against the loan that you got? Oh, Lord, let this loan. I'm going to fight this loan. Get away from me, loan. Loan, get away. Boy, that man with that paper going to be standing right there. You better pay this. <laughs> you got this loan. So let's forget the money side of it and all of these other things they're talking about. You got to do warfare against you. See, because if you deal with the enemy and deal with that enemy behind that rock, you won't be getting loans to try to show out. You won't be getting uh, in debt to try to have something to prove to somebody. You won't need any of that if you if you're conformed to his thoughts purpose and actions you won't even worry about what people are thinking about you you won't worry about how people view what you have you won't worry about people's opinion of you you won't worry about any of that stuff if you if you do real warfare against the enemy in this stronghold and the final thing i want to talk about and i've talked about it in the past but this is so important there is something called stockholm syndrome and it's a psychological response uh seen in abductive uh, abducted hostages in which the hostage shows signs of loyalty uh, of loyalty to the uh, to the hostage taker and so you know regardless of the danger or the risk or whatever that they've been placed in they begin to develop affections uh for the person that is holding them hostage it's it's a psychological condition and it's called stockholm syndrome because it was named after the uh Nostrum, uh robbery uh in stockholm in which the bank robbers held the bank employees hostage for like 20 uh from august 23rd to august 28th in this case the victims became emotionally attached to their captor and even defended them after they were freed uh from this six-day ordeal so even after they were set free they defended the people who held them hostage they began to develop affections or they began to be emotionally attached to their captors this is what strongholds do okay and this is very important for you to understand after a stronghold has been in your life for so long you get so used to it that you begin to protect it. You begin to desire it. You begin to want it because what it does is it merges into your system of, you know, uh, uh, response, uh, your system of response, your dopamine releases and different things like that, where you find pleasure in your mind, they begin to attach themselves to that. So you'll begin to find pleasure in the very thing that ought to be causing you pain or that is causing pain to others. This is how people become alcoholics, drug users. This is how they become, you know, sexually addicted and all these kind of things. They hurt other people with their actions, but their actions bring them so much pleasure that they don't want to stop the action. And this is Stockholm syndrome basically you are protecting the stronghold you are protecting your captor the very thing in you the very thing that is working against you and your life in Christ the very thing that's working against you and your family against you as a person the very thing that is holding you back you have fallen in love with it you have become emotionally attached to it and so that what that's what causes people to stand in the church and while prayer is going on while altar prayer is going on while someone is praying or whatever they don't go 
up. They don't want deliverance from this. You know, they just, Lord, help me, help me, help me. But they don't really want deliverance from it. They really don't want to change because they are emotionally attached to the captor. They're emotionally attached to what's behind that stronghold, the the, the, the enemy in there. They're attached to it. And a lot of times this comes from uh, occurrences that happen uh, in your developmental years. So this is why the enemy always targets us with youthful lust. And, you know, I'm coming out with a video in a, in, in a couple of weeks called Temptation. And this particular video is talking about youthful lust and different things that happen to us when we're young. It's a very important video. You're going to want to make sure that you go to our website and get that. But a lot of times when we're young, the enemy will come in and sow these things when we're young because he wants to sow them in your developmental stages so it will develop with you. It will seem like something that you need so when you get older you'll feel like you need to steal you'll feel like you need to lie you'll feel like you need some kind of sexual gratification or whatever when it when in actuality it's just stockholm syndrome it's the syndrome of the stronghold it was sown into to you while you were developing and it developed with you and so now it makes it feel like or makes it seem like your body actually needs this or you need to perform this act in order to find some kind of pleasure and it, it, it and, and it's a lie it's the, the whole thing is a lie this is an imagination this is you imagining this it's not real your body doesn't need it you don't need it but you're imagining it and that's why second corinthians 10 and 5 says casting down imagination so spiritual warfare can deal with this it's going to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God it's going to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ this is real spiritual warfare you can't do this in the flesh you got to do this with spiritual warfare and I'm gonna close with this this is how you deal with it in spiritual warfare listen y'all you got to go hard after God and I've said this so many times but if you really want to defeat this and you really want to be free you got to go hard after God you got to push the plate back and fast. You got to deal with yourself. You got to turn the music off, turn the movies off. You got to turn the internet off. You got to go and deal with yourself because the enemy is surrounding you with a lot of distractions and a lot of things to keep you distracted. But if you really want freedom from these things, you have to go hard after God. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 